Hello and welcome to All The Overs. I'm Terry. I'm Owen. Hello, Cheese. And this is All The Overs, the only Essex cricket podcast. You'll see a slight change today. We have gone for Zoom instead of just doing the audio. Um, guys, it's so good to see you both. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm excited for, for the new season and I'm excited to be in your company again. Like it's, it's been, feels like it's been forever since we've last been doing this. Yeah, given it's cycled on my, given it's cycled, given it's slowed on my cycle today, I'm quite glad that we are in lockdown. I haven't got to go to the game this week because I, I imagine any, everyone will be freezing for that first game of the season. The weather looks awful. I think it's, it's very much like a, a crowded house song. Four seasons in one day today. It's like snowed, rained, been sunny, bit autumnal, windy. Who knows what to expect? But uh, either way, it's uh, it's really good to to be talking again. I think it's what is it been a year over a year maybe? Over a year now, yeah. It's been a long, long time. Wow. Wow, goodness me! Um, but at least we're we're back together and uh, and we're underway, and the season is is very nearly upon us. Uh, so a few things to talk about this evening. Um, but uh, but should we should we just should we just start off with a little um, kind of summary of the of the pre-season games? Uh, obviously, we've got uh, Lancashire and Kent. Um, not a huge amount to talk about there, to be honest. It's been nice to see some cricket, but. Yeah, I find it's really strange. Uh, whatever you guys, but I find it hard to follow because it's like it's like watching a, a practice session because they're not. It's not a proper game. It's not competitive in any sense. Uh, it's you know the fourteen-man squad thing. Um, you know everyone just takes it in turn, batting and bowling. The wickets and stuff doesn't really seem to matter. Um, and, I, and then the squad it seems like odd as well. Like we'll talk about later, but like having like Shane Snater who's not even on, even on the Red Bull contract. I know getting a few overs in, but it just seemed odd that. Um, players like himself were given such a high priority in so many overs. But. Yeah, they always feel like they're just going through the motions, really. Um, it's like a more more strenuous run around than they would do in the nets and on the, the training pitch, but not really a match. Yeah, I know, I know for that bowlers and bats, it was nice to have that feel off the wicket rather than like, you know, so being in the nets where everything's pretty well manicured. Um, and you don't get that wear and tear of people. We, you, I think you forget on the day they running a cricket pitch that the strip gets walked up, walked on and stuff and bowl batsmen and bowlers run up and down. It does, it, it reacts very differently to a, even an outdoor nets, the ones I got at the end of the, towards um, uh, the non-pavilion end of the ground, even those ones, you know, they're, they're going to be pretty immaculate. So I think it's great for that end of things, but as a spectator and what we can learn from it as, as, as lay people outside the profession, uh, I'm not sure really what we can take away from these matches. Yeah, I don't think we would give an indication of what we can expect from the season, to be honest. Um, I don't think we've ever seen a pre-season like it. I mean, it's it's historic, isn't it? Um, and and the idea that, you know, there's no one there watching either, you know, it's, it's, it's all quite sterile. But hopefully... Once the season starts, things will pick up. Any with one or two reasonable performances, though, in that. Um, Wesley, what do you think, Cheese? Wesley had a nice little knock. Um, it's good to see because I think there'll be a few eyes on him. I'm going to say after a disappointing last season, but that's very like loose. I think it's the high standards he set. He might 
consider himself a bit disappointed with last season. Brown, you know, took a, a cheeky 97 against Kent. So that's obviously a nice bit of early form going into the first couple of games. Again, I think there's probably a few people looking at Brown um, to really cement that place in the in the opening order because there's been a few question marks about his averages and other bits and pieces. Um, and then, yeah, just standard with the ball for, from Cook. And as you said, Owen Snater took a, a cheeky fifer uh, and did really well. But is there much value into that, like at this point in the season? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I assume they have their usual, um, if COVID, COVID allowing, the friendly against, you know, the East Anglian Premier best eleven for the white ball stuff. But yeah, it was it was nice. Yeah, I, do, I like. It's funny what she said about the Brown scenario. I, it's a tough one in cricket, isn't it, or any sport? Right? Because I do a big believer, you know, trainers, economists, and stuff, to that competition improves results. Um, and if you've got a competitive environment, you're going to more likely to raise your game. But at the same time, you, you look back at England in the 1990s, where that was the extreme end of things, where people were in one week, dropped next. And that, that, that was a horrible scenario. All, of, all the players said that, that mentally was a very tough one, and they didn't really know where they st stood. Um, each innings mattered, seemed to be like their career dependent on it. But it would be nice to see a bit more of that chopping and changing of the second opener between maybe someone like, um, like Chopra coming in occasionally and just having, just knowing that on the one hand, you can you can get a bad result and not have to worry about losing your place, but at the same time, knowing that if I don't score consistently, there's someone there waiting in, in the pavilion that will take my place. Um, it's, 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 that, it's that balancing act, isn't it? And also, I think I agree with Cheese that I think a lot of the press have been really harsh, harsh on Wesley with, with what last season, given that, you know, just taking over as captain and then, you know, running into that and then suddenly a global pandemic hits. We've not seen the like of since, you know, the Second World War for cricket. Uh, and then he's having to deal with that, to deal with the deal with players. The, the, imagine prepping himself to how do you deal with my, how do I man manage players? Was never, was never worried about how do I manage them in a COVID environment where they're locked in the hotel rooms um, on their own for weeks. So yeah, I, it's no, I don't think anyone can blame them for his batting suffering slightly. Um, yeah, I, I think as he gets more used to that role, as cricket returns to normality, he should, we should see the Wesley Ten return that we, you know, we got him in England cap a few years ago. Talking about it now, I don't, I see, I don't think we're going to see Dan Lawrence much this season. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Ooh, there's an echo. Um, in terms of like the impact of the pandemic, in, in terms of on the players, I mean, how do we feel that, you know, county cricket is going to recover? Is it going to recover well, do you think? I mean, I know we've got, we've had the pre-season and, we're looking ahead to, to to normality coming up, but you know there's all sorts of implications, not least financial, um, on on cricket clubs. But it had, do we do we do we think that we're on the up and it will be all kind of plain sailing, or we we like to see a bit of a sort of stilted return? What are your thoughts? I, I'm 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 still a bit sceptical because I've got my sort of you know pessimistic hat on. Um, you know, we, we started to get quite excited, you know, um, sort of, you know, in the in the sort of autumnal months that things might start to get better. And then it all went a bit pear shaped, you know, leading towards Christmas. Um, so I'm I've got my sort of pessimistic hat on. I think it's on the slow road to recovery. 
and you have to take things very cautiously. The, the danger is over-investing in making venues COVID safe to then be underutilized in a second, well, I'm going to say second broken up season, but it's like what lockdown, potentially lockdown four, five, um, that you might be coming into. And I think it has to be taken very steadily in that, yes, fans might come back in, but it's going to be at reduced numbers. Do you invest in making the entrances and exits into Chelmsford a lot more open and accessible to deal with social distancing and everything else? Or do you just close off one particular entrance, make everyone funnel through a different way and everything else? There's a very fine margin to deal with it all. With the new format, I think the counties as a whole will feel a benefit to this because mixing the divisions and the groups all of a sudden brings potentially a bit of revenue. And if you're one of the, in air quotes, smaller teams from the county championship and you have, you know, got an Essex or a Surrey in your group, you might be more tempted to go along to that game rather than just picking a random example, seeing a drab draw between Derbyshire and Leicestershire or something like like that so I think that kind of change definitely gives it a, a bit of a stimulus in everything else but we're still a long way off from the we're going to have 18,000 fans in for a 2020 game and it's going to be rampus and the bars are going to be flowing and happy days give me that cash money I think Essex are in a fortunate position that they've probably not been affected by the COVID situation as much as other ones like the, the upkeep costs of Chelmsford clearly don't compare to Oval or Lords in terms of having that sit idle for, you know, the best part of 18 months. So it's a fine balance. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how it all pays out. I think as we do get better, you'll certainly have seen some clubs do better out of this than others just because of their size or how badly they've been impacted. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm, I'm controversially, I know this compared to what the saying being said at the members forum is very against the majority of the membership. But I, I, I'm not a big fan of us rushing back with the crowds, having these tiddly numbers coming in where you're all, even at full capacity, is it May 17th when they're starting our crowds back in? Um, even at full capacity, they're going to be losing money. Um, for me, it's like the, the future of the club is more important financially than having thousand if, if if that members coming in where you, where the where the open cost more to open the ground than 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 to bring in and also these are members have already paid up are paid up front you know so you're actually bringing the ticket sales and you're bringing in i doubt the bars will be open i doubt to be the shop will be open and stuff like that there's no there's no real revenue gain from that so i i am i know that's not popular opinion but i i, I don't i'm not thrilled with the idea of, of us opening of these for the stadium our size um, up into for a few hundred people, and also, but it's, but it's, I think bosses. I think as, as she was saying like that, if we sort the river end out, that'd be great because that's a bottleneck anyway. Trying to get out in and out of there normally, I'm always wondering if it's, you know, there's a fire at Chelmsford. I'm surprised that the the, the Essex uh, Fire and Rescue allowed that exit to be a to be a ma major. Um, there, 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 
We'll see. I was, I, I, it's, not, it's nice to see that we we weathered the storm. Is that so? I, I couldn't believe when Lancashire said that actually the biggest loss was when Man United games were cancelled because they make more from having their bars open for the Man United fans than they do for like a cricket match. And so that obviously for their budgeting, that just destroyed a huge part of it. Whereas we don't really have that. We've called for this. I like. I'm looking forward to seeing in some ingenuity coming forward. And it's like the idea of you know. Uh, is it next week? Beer gardens allowed to be open. We've got a bar with a potentially an absolutely massive beer garden called Cricket Field. You know, um, it'd be great if you could just open the doors to let chunks of residents in and just use the bar. You know, um, so yeah, it'd be, it'd be, I, I'm thinking two podcast time. Hopefully, we'll be talking about some really cool, in, uh, in, in, intuitive ways to make more money for Essex that will be there for long lasting. Rather than she was saying, yeah, using short term measures like building new toilets that aren't need, aren't needed in three months time yeah absolutely quite a uh, sensible approach to return so far but you know I, I agree with you Owen I, I don't I don't want to rush things I'd much rather you know slow and steady wins the race and uh, you know we're financially secure in the longer term um I, mean, I think something like four, was it 1.4 million pounds has been lost over the course of the pandemic you know and that I think although that sounds like a staggering number it pales into insignificance when you look at the comparisons with you know as, as Cheese was saying your ovals and your and your lords is so you know fingers crossed um but on that note uh, in terms of uh, money and uh, change and things like this uh Cheese talk us through the uh give us a little summary of the uh change in the CEO so the current CEO has stepped down. Um, I don't know the ins and outs as to, to why, um, other than he's resigned. I'm assuming retirement or better offer, but speculation. Uh, the chairman's going to step up. He's going to oversee this position for a while. And I think the, the likelihood is, is that recruitment for a replacement will be pushed until the winter, so probably after the season. Um, makes sense get some headhunters in do some due diligence don't rush into any kind of decision and you know it'll be interesting to see how we deal with it but change is a part of you know any team and any infrastructure and it's something we're going to have to get used to it's quite exciting times ahead actually i like this approach of like not rushing into things giving like taking your time and stuff uh, being an Ipswich Town fan, you know, getting rid of Lambert and bringing in a bang average manager, Paul Cook, is like is detrimental to the club. And I hope like to see Essex not doing that. Uh, I think Essex is one of these clubs where it needs a, like a fresh pair of eyes commercially. We've got like odd. You can look at certain bits going. That's okay. That's done well. You know, ticketing's pretty decent. You know, we obviously they they sell their quotas pretty well. But there's other things around the ground. You just look at like it's too much like. People just doing like little improvements here and there, but you want someone's fresh face to go like just come in and go. Why are you doing this? Or why things that none of us, none of us, I mean, including the spectators, members, any people who've been around the club for years, none of us have gone. Oh yeah, that makes that makes sense. Like you're looking how the education sector, when now the multi academy trusts come in, and you bring in those huge chief execs from like massive sectors, who are on their way to retirement really by cutting their wages from being CEO of say, I don't know, BBC coming into a school environment and going why are you doing x y and z and sorting, sorting the supply chains out and just make you know making things so much more smoother and i think that's what that'd be great there's a club essex now with one of the pinnacle clubs in cricket 
and um, we've got I think opportunity to attract someone really really awesome and I've got that's cool that the club are like are brave enough to go actually we're going to wait and see which is braver than people um, I think most people understand how, how brave it is to go we're not going to be about a CEO for a year I think you and I should uh, throw our names into the hat. Yeah. We've got some exec experience from our youth. We could, uh, you know, That's offer good. a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, true. That I can match your salary, Chase. Yeah, surprised you haven't registered your interests already. Just drafting up my CV now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the tapping is. Fair enough. Um, okay, so we'll let, let's. We've talked about finance. We've talked about uh, sort of the leadership of the uh, the the club. Um, Let's talk more about players now. Um, and the one that I've, I've got my eye on um, is, is Simon Harmer. Um, do we think we are likely to keep him for the whole season? Or I think we'll see some... Now we're in a Brexit, proper Brexit. Yeah, it's done, you know, and we see what, what actually what the... Not saying good or bad, but saying we actually know what it looks like and what, how it functions. Um, I think we can see some, like, unfortunately, some harsh truths that... You know, we know he loves the club. We know he's he's really proud of me. He's, he's worked his, his socks off for the club. But there's a reality is that he's a professional cricketer, that he needs to earn his living in a very short period of time. Athletes have only got 15, 20 years to earn their salaries. And, and it's and I think this season with, with the restrictions in place um, and with him, you know, making huge hints that he wants to go back to international cricket where they're a lot more lucrative, um, that we unfortunately... As much as we see him as one of our own, and he's a big part of infrastructure, he's in the go where, where you know, it's best interest for him and his him and his family. So, I, I think that we will see some yeah, unfortunate some some tough love coming soon. Yeah. What about you, Chief? Yeah, I think that's a, a very reasonable expectation. I wouldn't be surprised um, to to see him miss a few county games for those shorter formats i remember what was it when we first the first year we started doing the podcast we were talking about papara playing in the the european 2020 league um and it's, it's just the nature of cricket it's comparative wage and earning compared to to other sports isn't that high and you're a pinnacle star outside the international circuit you've got to go do these tournaments like the cpl or the big bash um if you if you're invited to to earn that little bit extra and i don't think you can begrudge him for for doing that i think it's incredibly hard to replace a man that consistently takes five wickets in innings if not more um and when you're looking at your your title runs and everything else i'd be thinking who have we got in the wings to to fill us in that could potentially, you know, come in and do that job. There's a lot of opportunities for people like um, Cushy um, or someone to come in and who's been on the periphery of the, the first 11, had some good little knocks against other championship clubs and be like, don't worry, if someone goes, I'm here to, to step up, whether that's with the bat or the ball. And it's quite an exciting time for, I guess, some of those more junior members because you're still surrounded by the quality and experience of Harmer, Cook, Tendo, Siddle's coming back and obviously like he brings so much experience 
um, and quality. So it's a perfect opportunity to make the most of it and just jump right in. I would say that Harmer is probably the only player that's irreplaceable in the squad. I think even, even Alistair Cook is replaceable. Um, but I have to think someone, as Cheese was saying, who can take that many wickets in a match and also can bat a bit, um, it's kind of hard to, to, yeah, to find any replacement for someone, someone who's quality in this competition. So. I do find it weird though, you mentioned Siddle, and it's great he came back and his, his, you know, he's probably one of the premium Red Bull bowlers in the world at the moment. But I do find it weird that we've recruited a seam bowler when like last season we won it with, you know, Cook um, and, uh, and Porter, fantastic job. We've got Aaron Beer coming through, you've got Quinn. We've, we've, we've got a lot of quality seam bowlers. And yet we, for our lim we're only allowed, you know, limited number of overseas players. They bring in another seam bowler. Looking at our youth contract with Ben Allison, we bring in another seam bowler. And it's just, why, why does the club seem to recruit so many seam bowlers when we don't, we don't need that many? Yet we are lacking in batting. Um, Dan Lawrence is probably going to spend a sec at least a second half of the summer playing for England. I can't see why he wouldn't be in the 15-man squad. Um, so we, that's, that's another, that's, a, that's, that's number three, number four. We've got to find replacements for. I don't think we've got the, in the club someone that can just naturally step up into, you know, who you've been looking at, Paul Walter, to come into the championship team more often. Then again, more seam bowling. So it's, yeah, I, find, I just find that a bit, that element of recruitment a bit strange. I think that's a very good point. Um, you've got breadth of of seam but not spin i think part of that is probably down to who do you get because if you draw up a name of top five spinners in the world most of them are tied up to long-term contracts or always going to be in internationals so you're sort of cutting down the the number of available options to replace that quality Batting-wise, it, it, this season feels like if you were going to risk a short-term batting replacement, do it. Because Cook and Tendo, this is probably the last hurrah. We've not heard any news on um, a new contract for either of them. Wouldn't rule it out, but at least at this stage of the season, it's not guaranteed that they'll be playing next season. So if it is a last hurrah, why not take a risk and get someone into to mix it up but I think that the thing with Siddle is for the last three years or well three championships over four years we've we've got a template and it's a four-prong seam attack of not lightning fast pace but line and length and it and I don't mean that demeaning that it's line and length because it's absolutely spot on and that's why it's so troubling to face and that's probably where Siddle comes in because, you know, Siddle plays one game next week, Beard has a rest or Beard comes in and Cook and Porter can have a rest while Siddle and someone else like lets you rotate and it just keeps that fresh. And that's pretty much the core of where we've had our success. I can see the comments now, people bringing like cheese promoting rotation policy that England are struggling with. I lost my mute button there for a moment. 
no yeah I see, I see what you mean but I, I think um you know in terms of our you know batting I mean I, I would just hope that over the course of um the next few weeks months that we're, we're looking to strengthen our batting side because you know as, as you point out geez you know we only have a couple of people that can kind of hold that up um and you know if we are going to be potentially losing the likes of Simon Harmer you know and our we can't guarantee the integrity of our of our bowling which has always been our fallback position we've always said that haven't we that our bowling is what takes us through our matches it's it's our it's our edge um and if we're not gonna if we're losing that edge potentially going forwards then we need to look to strengthen the batting so hopefully over the next few weeks months we'll see maybe some some new blood coming through but um looking ahead to the season then so we've got uh Worcestershire is that our first game um what are our thoughts then what what do you think we're likely to see smash out the park for me really I can't see giving anything else in Essex win it's just how quickly we do it like, isn't it oh the weather forecast isn't great so I think we have to be all guns blazing um with cheese that that four that four and you just right to the right to rightly say Terry is like that that four-man attack the bowling has to go out there and get 20 wickets as quick as possible and then just the batsman uh, almost in one day mode I was saying if, if the weather forecast is what it's supposed to be like trying to get the game over and done within probably six sessions because Worcestershire haven't got much to really have they no yeah. but I've been keeping an eye on that forecast and it keeps changing uh, it looks like it's going to be this wind is going to continue um, so that's going to be a challenge out on the pitch. It's a not for us. We, you know, if we swing bowling, is like any, any help you can get. It's going to be going around corners, isn't it? So, fingers crossed. And also, having bowled in my WW place in some pitches this week, is that like because it, it, of the we've had that not much rain, so that it's got a really spongy sort of hardness to the pitch, and that it is it's moved the seam a lot. So, I think we you know their level is going to be really hard to face. So, I, I can't see Worcestershire having any. Uh, batting good enough to cope with our attack. Well, let's hope you're right. I might put a fire on it. Cheese, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think we're, we've got a reasonable group. Um, you've got to be looking confident for making this, the second phase. And you've got to start hard and get off to a good start. Super. Um, I was just going to say, I mean, was that a little bit of product placement with your Essex cup there? I'm not sure whether it's a good look because like, I see, I thought it'd be, when I got my water, I thought I'd put again Essex one. But then as I saw myself drink from it, I like, it looked really like just trying a bit too hard. So <laughs> next time I might just get a plain one. No, fair enough. But, um, but that, the, the, the nice thing about that was that it just took me straight back to being in the stands with a drink. Spinner's on, Yeah. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um, so in terms of the rest of the season, I, I think I, I, I am going to nail my colours to the mast and just say that I actually think that uh, despite the pandemic, despite all of the change, you know, we're in a, we're in a, a pretty good spot. Um, and I think I'm going to predict that uh, it's going to be a really positive season and we will see some... Uh, hopefully some silverware at the end of it. That's my prediction. Yeah, I reckon we'll win, win the championship or whatever it's called, Bob Willis Trophy. 
Um, and yeah, white ball cricket, not too sure. I think we can all look back and say we probably fluked the blast a few years ago. Um, but I do, I do what Chi said earlier about Cook and Tendo. It just made me think that actually they're only one injury away from ending their careers. Um, so like one hamstring gone on either of them, and that that'll be it. They'll probably call it a day. So that is something I'm I'm wary of now. I'm touching wood. There you go. So no injuries for our boys. Um, any final closing thoughts from you, Cheese, before we wrap up? Um, I'm just taking it all. Everything with cautious optimism. It's all going the right way. We're coming out of COVID. The championship is exciting. I'm not going to be as uh, balls to the wall as you two and say that it's a done deal and it's, it's, it's a three-peat. But I do think, at the very least, we're the team to beat. And I, I just hope we give a good account of ourselves as we go for another defence. Love that. I muted myself when I wanted to speak. Well done. You tell like you zoom frequently. Um, well, guys, thank you so much um, for for meeting up this evening. Um, and we will reconvene in two weeks' time. So, for those of you who are already following us on our social media channels, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and the Podbean, thank you very much. And if you are new to um, all the Overs Essex podcast, welcome and uh, thank you for bearing with us. We'll see you again in two weeks' time. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys.